Hello, my name is John Holland Johnson, but I go by Holland, and I'm here with the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the Goliath of Mississippi State University, Jared Posey. It's a pleasure to be here, Mr. Holland, and uh, I'd like to welcome you to the Bobbles and Bigfoot podcast, our very first episode nonetheless. So, <laughs> Jared, I thought one thing, I was, I was in the car driving over here, you know, being late as usual, and I thought one thing we could talk about, we, we just have to talk about it, is chapstick, man. Okay, chapstick, chapstick. Uh, what specifically about chapstick? Okay, so first of all, like, I personally believe that it's like all of propaganda, right? All right. Because there, you never, you never seen a person who's like, oh man, I've never used chapstick before, and that that person, you know, they they don't really have chapped lips, mm-hmm. you know, but the people that have chapped lips always uses chapstick. So like the brand chapstick or or just like chapstick in general, you know, like for chap lips. I think I think all of it, you know, unless unless there's like a saving grace mm-hmm. chapstick brand out there. I think that like for for example, right? You ha- you have um, is a brand name actually called chapstick? Yeah, there's a brand that is chapstick. Right. So I actually did a little bit of research on it and like it says that it actually makes like chap- chapstick brand and then like Carmax, right? Yeah. Like actually pulls moisture from your lips. You know, it's kind of like Dasani water. You know, you, yeah. you've heard about Dasani water, right? Mm-hmm. So ba- basically, if if you didn't know Dasani water, if you look at the ingredients on the back, they just have just a little bit of salt in their water. You know, and they say, oh man, it's for taste, right? But no, it's actually used to make you even thirstier afterwards. So you want to drink even more water. Right. And I think it's the same exact thing with chapstick. So you put it on, it'll pull the moisture that was already in your lips to the top so you don't have as chapped lips for a moment, but then eventually your lips just dry right back out. Exactly, exactly. Do you use chapstick at all? I was on an acne medicine uh, back in high school like I, I, I was pimple faced unbelievably and uh, we didn't want it to scar and stuff. So I started taking it and it would dry me out. Like my entire skin would just be super dry, like my face, my hands, especially my lips. So I would use the absolute crap out of chapstick just so to keep my lips from like not peeling on a regular basis now what what brand of chapstick did you use uh i mean i used a ton (laughs) i mean i'm sure i use regular chapstick i use plenty of generic brands i'm pretty sure i use carmex carmex right right now i'm curious for you personally Mm -hmm. did it ever work i mean it definitely kept my lips from peeling that's for sure um because if i didn't use it they would typically end up like trying to entirely peel off every couple <laughs> hours yeah that doesn't sound that, that fun <laughs> no i know um i'm much of like a burt's bees kind of guy i did have some burt's bees i did that was i think after about a month or so that's the one that i ended up liking the most and started using the most yeah yeah 
you know, Burt's Bees, if you'd like to sponsor us, we're, we're always welcoming a sponsor. Um, but I know one, one thing I've noticed about chapstick is that everyone always goes for, like, the best tasting kind, mm-hmm. right? And there's just one problem that I come across when I get that is that because the chapstick tastes so good, I want to lick my lips even more. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And because I want to lick my lips, my lips just get more chap. Right. And so because the chapstick's no longer there, it's now in your digestive system. That's right. That's right. You know, so it's almost like I wish there was just like a like a water flavored chapstick, almost. You know, didn't didn't have any flavor. Okay. Right. But it, it didn't taste disgusting either. You know, right. I wasn't on my lips and I was you know suffering. You know, and so. That way, I also not only not run the risk of licking my lips, and also, you know, am not not enjoying it. Because have you ever had, like, a bad chapstick flavor, man? Yeah. Yeah, I have, like, uh, there was one time I had, like, a, a thing of chapstick that I, like, kept in my truck just in case, like, I forgot to grab mine from the house. Yeah. And, I mean, this thing has probably been in there for months, and this is, like, the <laughs> summer. And I kid you not, I, I couldn't have told you what flavor that was. Uh, all I know is that it was half melted and was not pleasant. In you did not put that on your lips. <laughs> like, dude, like, I'm trying to keep my lips from to stay on my face. Like, I was just like, well, let's just, you know, let's put this on. This is my backup emergency chapstick. I left mine at the house, and then I was like, wow, this is horrible. <laughs> now, have, have you ever seen those balls of chapstick? So they're not like a little stick, right? They're yeah. just a little ball you open up, and then you put your finger on it, and you, like, rub it around your uh-huh. lips. I, you know, maybe maybe those work, you know? I'm not, I, I'm not I mean, really. I, I see a ton of girls carrying those around, so uh, I'm assuming they use it a whole lot more than I do. <laughs> I, I think girls use chapstick a whole lot more than guys do. And I think usually guys just, you know, go through the pain and deal with it. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I just, you know, I really enjoy, you know, I really wish I could find, like, the perfect, like, fix-all chapstick. Okay. So so what is your favorite flavor of Burt's Bees chapstick, then? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I got, I got two flavors. So my sister got me one of them as a joke, right? Mm-hmm. And it's hemp-flavored. Uh-oh. And honestly, it tastes disgusting. You know, it's it's not good in the slightest. Right. You know, I you know everyone's like, oh man, hemp. You know, like that's the new thing. Like there's hemp everything now. You know, like, yeah. Oh man, hemp uh, toilet paper. <laughs> Have you seen that? Well, hemp actually isn't marijuana. It's the cousin plant of marijuana, but it does not have uh, like hardly any of the psychoactive part of it so that's why everybody's going crazy for hemp because it's like oh it's just like marijuana but it's really not (laughs) but like people have actually used uh hemp like i actually knew a girl uh this is a little bit of a tangent but i actually knew a girl in the ffa uh she actually uh, i think she was one of the district area officers or something like that uh her family in kentucky actually grew hemp for fiber production and they'd turn it into clothing and stuff like that really yeah wow that's that's you know you know i changed my mind i like that hemp chapstick (laughs) now you know 
I mean, it still tasted terrible, but, you know, that makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. I, um... But, oh, anyway, the second flavor I have is vanilla bean. Okay. Right? And so, it's like... It's pretty close to what I'm looking for. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, man, it's like that slight taste of vanilla, you know? So, it's like... It tastes slightly good, you know, but mm. it's not. It's not like like I want to eat it okay. or anything. Okay. But it's still enough where I can uh, put it on my lips and like enjoy it. And like a lot of times, this is, this is a strange thing about me is that a lot of times I don't even really want to, you know, I, I don't even have chapped lips, mm. right? I just enjoy like putting not only putting chapstick on, but like just a feeling of it on my lips. It's like, oh man, I feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> You know, like even though I don't really need to do anything, right. my lips aren't chapped. But it's like, ah, oh, like I'm doing something good right now. You know? okay. I'm taking care of my body. Look, at <laughs> look, look at me. You might, you might not have taken a shower today, but at least you put on chapstick. Yeah, there, there you go. Silver lining. So, um, Jared, I also want to ask you. So, our podcast name, right, is called Bibles and Bigfoot. Right. And the main reason that is is because we might talk about anything from the gospel or Bigfoot. Um, and Jared, I, I'm just curious. So your your nickname is like one of your nicknames is like Sasquatch, Bigfoot, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's my famous gamer tag, which is a combination of my last name and Sasquatch in Po Squatch, P O Squatch. Okay. Okay. And um, I know. You all you talk about Bigfoot all the time. In fact, um, if you're listening out there, Jared actually has a Sasquatch neck necklace like around his neck that he wears constantly. In fact, before we uh, started this episode, he was talking about how he needed to switch to the stainless steel one. So he has more than one. Yeah, uh, I have three actually. I only swap between the two because they're they're larger, they're easier to see. Then I have like a which is a silver and then this white one that I have on, and then I have a smaller black one, but I don't really wear that one just because it's so small, it kind of blends in and people don't notice it, and I want people to see it because I think it's cool. And I I just must ask, where did where did such passion about Bigfoot uh, come from? Well, like you said, I, I'm, I'm quite tall. Uh, I'm about 6'5". Uh, I've always been a lot, lot taller and typically a lot bigger than most of my peers throughout high school and, you know, even now in college. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I started watching the Finding Bigfoot TV series, and it, it was all funny. Like, it, it was a joke. Okay. You know, it, it was clear that the Finding Bigfoot people never found anything, and I found it funny. So, okay, hold on. I, I'm curious, how long is this show? The Finding Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah. Is it like a long show? It, is it it like a... went on for like, I want to think like 10 seasons. Or something. <laughs> like eight, eight to 10 seasons. Like, people love this show. And they never found Bigfoot? No, no. I mean... It, if they did, I'm pretty sure you would have heard about it. <laughs> and <laughs> that's funny. They they just went over ten seasons. Yeah. And the thing is, is like the, it was actually tied to the real BFRO organization, which is the Bigfoot Research Organization. In fact, uh, I believe one of the I don't know if he's the founder, or if he was one of the main like 
heads of it, like president or something. I can't remember, but I think his name was like Matt Moneymaker. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like that was his, that's his name. And he, he's one of like the heads of that organization. And he was on the show. Like he was the leader of the group, so to speak. So not, not only is there a TV show where, and people are serious about this. Yeah. Not only is there a TV show where not for one or two seasons, but for 10 seasons, they went out searching for Bigfoot, but they also have a research like team, like organization yeah, on Bigfoot. Like, yeah, this is like a, a nationwide organization. It might be international, um, because like they actually there's reports of like Bigfoot like creatures not just in the U.S. like uh, in Russia there's a there's a high number of reports uh, Nepal there's a high number of reports of the Yeti which they believe to be like a, a different species um, and then there's like even in Australia you know out there isolated all by itself they actually have their own version of Bigfoot which is like a little bit shorter, red-haired, and supposedly extremely aggressive, called the Yaren. <laughs> now I'm I must ask: Do you believe any of this uh, Bigfoot um, theology, so to say? Not really, but I do find it interesting that there's literally so many different people across the entire planet reporting similar things. You know, even though it hasn't been proven, and I don't necessarily think that there is something out there, like, I, I find it interesting that these these stories, like, they date back, you know, all the way to pre-Native American times. Really? Okay. Okay. So, um, so you started finding this passion by watching uh, the show? Finding yeah, Bigfoot? I, I started watching the show. Just because it was funny, and since I was bigger than everybody else, when I talk about it, they just start calling me Bigfoot and Sasquatch and stuff like that. <laughs> well, that's that's that is absolutely crazy to hear, and you and you just kept living up to your name, man. Yeah, well, I, I had to do something. Have you have you ever actually gone out to try and search for Bigfoot, or would you ever be you know want to do that? You see, I've. I've gone hunting like for deer for a majority of my life since I was like seven or eight years old. Now, I mean, I, I didn't have an actual rifle when I was seven and eight years old. Uh, I think I got my first hunting rifle when I was like nine, I believe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I've been in the woods hunting for deer. Um, and I actually have me and some of my <laughs> two of my buddies in high school, we kind of jokingly like went searching for for bigfoot before so like uh we would go out behind one of my buddy's houses because he he owned some of the land back behind his house and stuff like that and so we we would go out there and we we'd make the little house and we'd knock on trees and stuff like that just to <laughs> see if we'd get a response and it's kind of funny because one time uh, we actually did get something responding back to him, whether that was one of his neighbors messing with us or, you know, <laughs> trying to, like, freak us out because we were out there making too much noise <laughs> or uh, if there was actually some sort of animal out there. I highly doubt it was a Bigfoot in the middle of Thorsby, Alabama, but uh, I'm 
there could have been some sort of animal making a noise, you know, that made us think, oh, crap, we're getting responses. But, now, you said howls. Could you uh, please replic- replicate uh, what a Bigfoot howl sounds like? Um, I'd be kind of scared, too, in this mic. <laughs> Is it but, loud? Uh, yeah. So there's different types. There's like... Uh, there's like whoops and stuff. So like a whoop. Okay. Like that. Um, and then there's like the the infinite infamous uh, Oklahoma howl is because they they believe it was kind of like found out in Oklahoma or something like that. But it, it's just like a oh, and you would it starts out low and you slowly get higher with it, then once you kind of reach the top of it, you'll actually come back down low again. And that's that's like the famous sound that people associate with Bigfoot, is that howl. If I was in the middle of the woods late at night and I heard that, I would pee my pants. Yeah, it, it would definitely be unsettling, <laughs> for sure. Uh, because the the people who say you know they've been hiking and it start to get kind of dark like it's kind of dusk esque, um, and when they say they hear that howl, it says it's so loud it like shakes the ground and stuff. Now I know. Um, so I'm at Mississippi State University. I'm in this creative writing class. Right, mm-hmm. it's one of my classes. Uh, I'm. A sophomore, like I'm a second year here at State University, but um, I actually like am taking nothing but junior and senior level classes, and um, one of these classes is in is creative writing because I just had to have like a writing class and I thought that would be fun. And the curious thing about it is that one of my classmates, because it's a Zoom mm-hmm. uh, class, you know. But it's one of those Zoom classes where you have to have your face cam on. Yeah. You have to, you know, participate. And it's only like 10 people in the class. And we all wrote poems uh, the other day. And the reason I mention this is because um, one of the girls, one of my classmates, her name is uh, Rihanna, I believe. Mm-hmm. She um, wrote in her poem about how her and her dad used to go out Bigfoot hunting. Okay. And so um, I was like, and the poem was magnificent. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was so good. Like, I was sitting there, like, my jaw dropped to the floor. I'm like, you know, this is, this is a class everyone just has to take. Like, why? Like, she is, like, good at this, you know? Yeah. And um, I know she really encouraged me about uh, my own poem, actually. Because we, we started talking about poems and such. And... Um, it was like my turn to like read the poem, and I was like, "Oh gosh, okay, sure, you know, why not? I I should write something to get it over with." Mm-hmm. And people thought it was actually really good, right? You know. And uh, Jared, w- would you like to hear it actually, and then we oh, can talk I, about? I it. would love to hear it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out. And keep keep in mind, I am no professional. I am literally, you know, not an English major. The last time I took an English class was like junior year of high school. Same, actually. (laughs) So, um, this one is called uh, The Working of a Man. I wake up every morning at 6 o'clock on the dot. As a rooster crows in the morning sunlight 
I begrudgingly put on my own worn-down jeans and torn-up t-shirt. My day starts up with opening up both, both gates to the junkyard. The metal creaks as I push these large doors open. I walk into the torn-down trailer that serves as my office to handle all the paperwork. As if the physical labor was taking a toll on my mind in the first place. At about 11 o'clock, right when the earth starts burning from the gleaming metal combined with the sunlight, I hear the metal calling my name. Sometimes while tearing, grabbing, and ripping off metal from the enormous pile of junk, it takes too much of a toll on my body, and I get dizzy, which forces me to take time out of my day to drink water. As I wonder why I am willingly doing all this, I see my son, down at the other side of the pile, dragging worthless scrap to try and aid me. At 8 o'clock at night, I get my rest, knowing that the next morning I can wake up and work, so my son won't have to. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. like, I, 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 like, read this, you know, and I, I was sitting there, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is my poem. And, like, the whole class was just, was just, like, staring into the camera, like, what the, you know? And um, we actually wrote two poems. The other one was about a purple Sharpie that I wrote. <laughs> and um, they are like, she was like, all right, Holland, what, what poem are you going to work on as your final draft poem? And I was like, oh, I was thinking about the purple Sharpie. And, like, all the students jumped in, you know, first time they ever contributed anything to the class. And they're like, you freaking idiot. You know, no, you got to work on the working of a man. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> And I was like, ah, oh, all right. But I'm curious, what, what did you think of that poem? I think there was actually a lot of depth to it, like a lot more than I was kind of expecting. I was kind of expecting a, a purple Sharpie kind of <laughs> poem. But then uh, you read that. I mean, it, it's not your traditional poem with, with a lot of rhyming yeah. and stuff like that. It, it's much more... Uh, direct and more descriptive so it actually painted a picture of you know what many people do in America they they work hard and hope that one day their family wouldn't have to that they could have a better life yeah she um, shout out to my teacher uh, Becky Miss Becky Professor mm -hmm. Becky <laughs> she um, she actually told us for the like our first poem she was like you're not allowed to rhyme and I was so mad because I love rhyming, man. Yeah. You know, like, oh, man, time and dime. And I was like, oh, I'm good at that, <laughs> you know. And she was like, you're not allowed to rhyme. And I was like, man, this is just a story, you know. Like, what's the difference between this story? Like, is this a story or is it a poem? But it, it's strange because, you know, it, it seems like it could actually be a poem. Yeah. And so well, I... The, I forget what it's called, but that's actually a type of poetry is where it does not rhyme. Okay. Oh, a prose. Yeah. yeah. I learned that. Oh my God, I'm yeah. learning something in my creative <laughs> yeah. writing class. That's that's wild. Now, if I only I can learn stuff in my accounting classes. <laughs> but it it was just so it was so crazy because um, what it's about is my father, um, my family actually owned a junkyard, right? Way way back when, and so my father would go out and he would work the junkyard, you know, and in case. I've realized that not ev everyone has been to a junkyard and not everyone knows how exactly they work. So I'll, I'll explain it real quick is um, what people do is they sell their like useless junk, right? So you have like old cars that been abandoned in there that are like totaled. 
you have like um, lawn mowers that don't work. Uh, you have like old washing machines that are just completely worthless. Um, and then you just have like roof tin, rusty tin metal, stuff like that, uh, pipes, a, a, bu- a bunch of stuff like that. And people just load them onto a trailer. And um, the junkyard then buys all of that stuff and then sells it back at a greater price to someone like across seas in China or yeah. something like that. And that's basically you know what my father did. And he just, gosh, that that man worked so hard. It was it was wild. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually sold the scrapyards and stuff before. So like, you know, my dad's in construction. So sometimes he'll he'll just like bring home like a truck lo- truckload of like the cut off ends yeah. uh, of yeah. metal pieces and stuff, and we'd kind of make a pile of it and we'd load it up and we'd take it and we'd sell it and stuff like that. I remember my, my dad actually uh, hired me <laughs> as um, I was as like the can man, right? Mm-hmm. So people we had we had the huge scales that people would put their car across in the trailer, and we'd take that weight, and then they would come back across after they unloaded all the scrap and take that weight, and then pay them the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, we had a smaller scale up front near near actually near that trailer, and we would take people's cans, so people would be bring bags upon bags of cans and we would weigh them and then we would dump them out into this machine that shot them off into this trailer yep. and just sell like pure aluminum which is like I think back then like uh, we bought at like 30 cents a pound you yeah. know? and I remember my dad um, he told me because you know he was needing help with working he was like Holland you want to you be over the cans and me as like an 11 year old boy thought that was the most like proud moment of my life you know i was like yeah i can be over the cans i'm the can man. i'm the can man man <laughs> and so i remember it was so funny because i got i got so good at it uh, my dad would have me like drive around the forklift sometimes to pick up pallets of other metal or um he would go and have me train new employees and i i don't know about you jared but imagine you're like 30 or something mm. right and you're coming here to work here and a little 11-year-old starts teaching you about number one, number two, copper, and, like, how to tear out electric motors. <laughs> it's kind of it, – it was super funny, but, oh, man, did I love it, man. Yeah. And um, and a lot of times there would be people with cans that would come up, and they would try and cheat me. You know, they'd be like, oh, I can, I can, I can cheat this 11-year-old kid because I would write down the weight, take it off, and write down the new weight, you know. And so um, they like – I would notice sometimes when I put the cans on there, it would weigh a lot more than it should, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, there are my cans. And I'm like, well, that seems about 30 pounds over for, um, like, 10 bags of cans, you know? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, no, it's fine. And then I would go and be like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. And they're like, oh, screw this 11-year-old. Like, what the freak is this guy doing? Mm-hmm. And I would find, like, cans with, like, sand in them yeah. that they would put in there. And... Oh, that those those are my junkyard days, man. <laughs> but um, what were your days like when you were younger, Jared? Well, uh, I guess if you're if you're talking about like a first job sort of experience, uh, I guess when I was about sixteen, um, I actually got a job out at the experiment station in my county. 
so the experiment stations, they're run by like the land grant universities, which in Alabama is Auburn. Okay. And so my first job was actually as an Auburn employee, believe it or not. <laughs> All right. That's, that sounds yeah, like a I still, I still have job. the card and stuff. Like we, we would get there at 630 and swipe in. You know, you'd get there before then, but you'd swipe in at 6.30. You'd swipe out for lunch. We had an hour for lunch, and then we'd swipe out at 3.30, and, you know, that'd be the end of the day. And uh, I was actually – I was still playing football at that time, so even though I was working, I would I would typically leave from working, and then I would go work out <laughs> at the football stadium. So, I mean, I was in – pretty good shape yeah man back, back then so. but um did you ever meet like any of the football players no not not from like we were nowhere near auburn or anything but like uh i mean i, I played football at my high school so i'd say i'd, I'd met a few including being one okay <laughs> yeah yeah man well one of the other guys on the team actually uh, was working out there with me, so like I, I worked with one of them. We actually shared the same first name. Uh, his name is also Jarrett, uh, but his is J A, where mine is J E. Okay. But uh, what we would do out at the experiment station was they they grow a ton of different crops, and one of the big cash crops in our county is peaches. Really. Yeah, so you don't really associate Alabama with peaches, but no. Chilton County peaches is a very famous thing, especially, you know, for people traveling to the beach. They often have to go through our county because we we kind of have the main north-south interstate going through our county, and they'll make a pit stop to, you know, get peaches or peach ice cream and stuff at one of the famous local uh I guess parks, yeah, park uh, called Peach Park. And okay. you'd have to stop and you'd eat ice cream and peaches and stuff. So we had, I don't know how many types of peaches. Like there was three different types of the Prince variety, which is like July Prince, Fire Prince, uh, stuff like that. There was the Jambalaya peaches, which is like the, or Jubilee peaches, not Jambalaya peaches. Jubilee peaches, which are the, really really big ones okay uh there's like the queen anne peaches which are actually a white meat variety and since this is an experiment station like there was actually varieties of peaches that their names were like b-307 and stuff like that and so a lot of what we would do we we'd go out we'd harvest the fruit and stuff we'd separate them all into batches um you'd list the variety or the the numbers and letters that were assigned to them as the variety name uh you'd weigh them you'd check them for like sweetness content so like sugar content and stuff like that and we do that with peaches we did that with kiwis we actually had a gold meat variety of kiwi which was extremely good because it it's like all sweet and not bitter uh we had like different types of grapes and muscadimes and scuppernongs uh apples blackberries thornless varieties of blackberries and thorn varieties of blackberry like literally just like tons and tons and tons of different fruits i mean it was hard work like you would work all day out there in the field in the sun, you know, burning up. Um, but it, it was a very educational 
thing. Like I learned so much about different things. I am speechless. I did not know you knew so much about peaches, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was what I was like, oh cool, you know, a research development farm. Oh cool, you grew crops. And then you're like, oh man, B-507, man, the sugar content of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, you do the sugar content, you you do like the we'd have we'd have a little pictures, like a printed out sheet of, of paper that was laminated. And uh, you would actually pick out, like, was this typical looking for this variety or was this, like, a little bit different? Like, you would mark everything. You would even count certain spots on entire baskets of peaches. That is, that's crazy. I shouldn't, like, me being speechless is not a good thing for a podcast. (laughs) I'm just just trying to figure out how to react to this because I I, I didn't know this about you. Gosh, that is wild. So, um, man. <laughs> so, Jared, tell me, uh, how has um, has anything interesting happened uh, on campus here recently? Uh, yeah, about last Thursday, I was out like getting my hair cut and stuff like that, just running a few errands, and apparently while I was out and about driving, uh, another student saw the back of my truck, which has a No Quit Ministry sticker, which is my YouTube channel, and that's like on my back windshield. Okay. And then uh, I also have a Bigfoot hitch cover. Um, and apparently this this person is is an atheist, and when they saw my No Quit Ministry sticker and my Bigfoot hitch cover, they actually took a picture of the back of my truck and they posted it on their Snapchat. One of my friends actually apparently knew this person and uh, put the Sasquatch sticker reaffirms their belief in imaginary things. So, you know, they were trying to make that connection that, you know, God and you know, the faith that we both share and hold and believe in is just as imaginary as Bigfoot. Wow. Which, you know, like I like I said earlier, I don't really think there's a Bigfoot out there. I just think it would be absolutely awesome if there was. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's crazy to think, you know, like, so, like, basically, I'm, I'm just going to say that again because I feel like that, that needs to be, like, said again just in case you missed that. So you had, uh, like, a ministry, like, mm-hmm. Jesus-related sticker on your truck. Yeah. And um, along with a Sasquatch-related thing, like the hitch cover yeah. on your truck also. And what did she say again? Can you say that? Yeah. She said um, the Sasquatch sticker reaffirms their belief in imaginary things. What did? What was your, like, first reaction when you found out about that i mean when i saw that i i mean at first i was kind of in disbelief like who on earth spent the time looking and staring at that and actually put that together for one <laughs> and then number two i i was i was just kind of heartbroken for the person you know i was like man you know the only reason you would ever you know do something like that is if you were actually threatened by that sticker like she f- actually felt attacked by that sticker otherwise she wouldn't have lashed out in the way she did and 
honestly, like no quit ministries, like other than the word ministries, like that has no association with the gospel whatsoever. So she must be really, really threatened you know, by by the gospel right now. But the only time we ever feel threatened by the gospel is when we're being called out. Yeah. So, like, when we know we're caught up in sins where we're trying to be like, no, this is my life. You can't tell me how to, how to run my life. I, I like these sins. I like these things. I'm going to hold on to them. I'm going to keep this in my life. And so since she reacted in that way, I fully believe that God is working on her or at the very least is, is showing her what she's doing or what she believes in is incorrect. And she feels so threatened by it that she had to, she had to do something. Yeah, so you're, you're telling me you weren't the slightest bit, like, angry or dissatisfied or well i mean like it, it kind of caught me off guard but i wasn't i wasn't angry about it you know i, I immediately you know just started praying for her. i was like god i i truly believe that you're working in this girl's life like you're you're telling her something and she's trying to run from it she's trying to fight it and i've i've prayed for her every day since then you know that god would continue to keep pushing her that he would you know, reveal to her, you know, what it is that he's trying to tell them. Yeah, that's, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Jared, like, if I, if I saw that, the first thing I would think is, you know, I, I would be angry, you yeah. know, if I'll be, I'll be completely honest, you know, but the thing is, like, I feel like it's, it's like, because of that, because I know that's the way I would feel initially, it's like I can I can like hardly blame her sometimes. Yeah. You know, because like a lot of Christians out there are like very hypocritical. You know, they're very. In fact, on the on the drill field uh, the other day, there's this church, and um, they're out there uh, speaking, and uh, they're out there speaking in like a really like condemning kind of way, but they're still speaking about Jesus. And I was I was curious. I was like, well, let me listen to what they're saying mm-hmm. to see. Um, if what they're saying is actually like actually you know gospel or true or not and so i started listening to what you know the, the man was saying and well I, let's just say i knew he wasn't really speaking the gospel because he started getting into politics mm-hmm. you know and so i went up there and talked with him you know and i asked him i was like hey don't you think you need to be more loving to show them like who exactly you know do what jesus would do you know would yeah. jesus be out here like condemning these people and um, the sad thing was they knew so much about the word, you know. They could say each and every verse from heart, you know. And um, it was just crazy because I asked – I'll never forget this. I asked them one specific question. I asked – I was like, well, do you, do you like, like doing this? Yeah. You know, are you, like, comfortable with this? And they said, oh, I love it, you know. Like, I'm very comfortable doing this, you know. And I, that just immediately spoke to me, like, oh, this is not, like, a spirit-driven thing. You know, you're yeah. not going to be, you're not going to be, you know, the spirits are not going to come to you and say, hey, Jarrett, I need you to go share the gospel with this person because he'll be comfortable for you, you know. Yeah. He's going to drive you out of your comfort zone to uh, bring you closer to him, you know. And, gosh, that is, that is so crazy how she just how she just went 
and saw that. And that's her immediate reaction. Yeah. You know, that shows that she was really hurt by those same hypocritical people, you know. Man. And, um, you know, the gospel, what it really says, and in case you don't know, is that Jesus came down and died for our sins after living a perfect life. Yeah. You know, he never did anything wrong. And he saw us who literally spat at, spat at his feet and wanted to save us. Yeah, it, it truly is just a, a beautiful picture of how much he, he loves us that no matter what we say, no matter what we do, can separate us from the love of God. And that's absolutely amazing. And it still shocks me every day if I think about it, you know, it's just so crazy that, you know, I I literally rebelled against God. My entire life, I was an enemy of him. And yet he still looked at me and said, I love you. And I want you to be a part of my family. And I'm going to give you a second chance if you'll take it. Jared, I know. So me, me and Jared, we go to the same church. Um, We actually met each other through the assembly yeah. down here in Starkville. And, um, Jared, you went there before me, right? Or no? I think, I think I had like visited, um, I didn't like really start buckling down going to it till, uh, probably about this time last year. So, um, I know cause it was a small church, yeah. you know, like, like what, like maybe 10, 11 people yeah. would go there. Very, very small church. And that is because, about uh, let's see. About two years ago, yeah, it started back up for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and they're trying to get more people to come. Uh, everyone in from Starkville actually thought the building was abandoned, and um, man, Jared, like last Sunday, I know, I know you're back at, at your hometown, yeah. but last Sunday it was crazy. Even the Sunday before that, mm-hmm. when you were there, how many people were there? Yeah, you know. And I sat there, and I just could not help but cry at the thought of, like, so many people being, like, transformed by his love for us. You know, like, this church with that started out with, like, 10 people grew to, like, 35 to, like, yeah. 40, you know. And uh, people are still coming. You know, everyone that I've invited to that church has come back, man. Yeah. That, that's that's but that not only shows me like, man, this is like true like community. Because there there are several churches, there are several people groups out there that don't show that same love of Christ that God wants us to show. Yeah. And while, you know, we're still human, we mess up. You know, obviously we're going to fail showing that love sometimes. But you know, there there are people out there who aren't hypocritical there are people out there who truly believe in the word and not only believe in it but act it out yeah yeah it's it's sad to see how many churches are starving and dying in our country but the whole root of the problem is is that we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing like the reason the church is is quote-unquote dying in America is not because the faith is fake or 
anything like that. It's because us as Christians, us as believers, like we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're not sharing that love of Christ. We're not, you know, when people walk into the church doors, they don't want to have to look around for a seat and worry Am I sitting in someone's seat? Is someone going to get upset with me because I sat here? Or the fact that, you know, while we're at work, we look one way. Yeah. But then we're like, oh, yeah, we go to church. We, we, we pray before every meal. You know, <laughs> we're, we're Christians. You know, we, we go to church every Easter. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. Whew. Well, well, guys. Or how how about you, since I started us off, Jared, how about you end it off for us? All right. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this very first episode of the Bibles and Bigfoot uh, podcast. And uh, we hope we'll, you know, we were somewhat entertaining to listen to. And we (laughs) hope you got something out of it and hope you have a blessed week. And maybe this time next week, you'll give us a listen as well. 